Hello, welcome back to the Work-Life Mindset Podcast. This is Chris, and I'm very excited to come to you today to talk about, again, psychological detachment from work. Now, this has really been on my mind recently as we're running through a routine reset challenge. I've gotten a lot of input and a lot of questions about my end-of-day work routine and just generally this whole concept of work-life balance through detaching because it's one thing to set intentions it's another thing to kind of prime your environment and set all this up so we can successfully be home and be present and not let work invade our thinking invade our actions i know when i was working a much higher level six stressful overwhelmed job directing operations um i really struggled with this but at the same time it gave me a great opportunity to learn some of these skills. And now that I I work from home as a coach and instructor, um, it's become even more important because I don't really have the environment switch that I I used to have of going from an office and coming home. So I need to like craft this whole routine. So a couple things, I I bring it into five five key ways to do this, and I'll, I'll talk about each one. But um We need to realize the first thing is planning ahead, okay? I can't emphasize this enough. When you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? So what does that look like in this context? A lot of it is making sure you know your work hours and you're setting your work hours. This might be easy for some. Uh, They might be set for you. (laughs) You might punch in and out and have those expectations, For others, though, you might work more independently. You might be a salaried employee. You might work from home as a coach, consultant, solopreneur, entrepreneur, whatever it is. It's really critical that ahead of time you set your work hours, if that's the case, and then do what you can to defend that and hold to that. Okay. Uh, Part of the reason is if we're going to craft an end of work day routine for this transition and, and make like a ritual out of it, we need to know when to start that. And we need to build consistency. Like our brain wants consistency. Our body wants consistency to fully make this happen. It's going to be helpful if it becomes a habit. And at a certain time of the day on work on weekdays, at least we, you know, can anticipate this, the body and the brain can anticipate that this is coming and it's going to allow the subconscious to kind of switch off from one thing to another. So part of that planning ahead, I think is also, again, knowing the time so you can kind of reverse engineer some of these actions. So for me, I always have my end of work time. Most days it's 430. Sometimes that shifts around, but I know that ahead of time using my planner. I plan everything out on Sunday for the week ahead, and there'd have to be something specific happening. In fact, sometimes it's it's off earlier, but 4.30 is kind of my go-to. So I know at 4 o'clock, I'm starting my end of workday routine, right? I've set boundaries, which we'll talk about. Like I'm not doing calls or meetings that run up until 4.30. Really, I'm done creating and conversing and communicating at four o'clock so I can start my routine. Part of that is protecting your time, right? And the first thing I do at the end of the day is tidying up my workspace. This just helps me put things away, get free of clutter. It really mostly impacts how I can show up the next day, but there's just something about that action of 
just even putting things in piles. I might have a lot of paper sticky notes out. Okay, what needs to be here? What doesn't? Let's put that away, right? Um, I close any open loops. And with that, that's a little bit deeper, but that kind of looks back at the tasks I've started for the day and what can I close quickly? And if I can't close it, where do I need to have it to be ready, right? Um, rather than ruminate or worry about like forgetting some of these tasks, I'll leave some tabs open on my browser. I'll leave some emails like ready to go. If I can't send them quickly, I'll start them and just have them pulled up. Basically setting myself up, I'm either going to close loops or pre-commit to doing some of these things right when I come back in, right? And then what is the most impactful for me is just sitting down and writing a couple things out. And the simple format I do for this kind of end of workday journaling is look back and look forward. So the first thing is I just kind of reflect a little bit. I love celebrating my wins. So I might just write down a couple of things that I got through that I was really happy about. Um, good things that happened in my workday that I was proud of. Just make a list of that, bring in some good energy reflect on it. Maybe there's lessons or improvements like, yeah, this didn't work so well, or I didn't get through this. And this is why um, just making space for that. Because if I have those thoughts, then they're not going to pop in my head when I get home and I'm trying not to work. The other part of that look back is then looking forward. And it's just kind of like pre planning for the next day. So I'm going to open up my planner. I'm going to look at the appointments I have the calls I have set up maybe with clients, maybe with with other consultants, and then I'm going to make sure, you know, all the little pockets and flow periods are set up and I have an idea of what I'm going to do. The other part of this is just having a little bit of a to-do list and writing that out. I think, you know, before I had this habit, the biggest thought interjection when I was trying to be at home were these things. Oh, yeah, I got to do that tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I got to do that tomorrow. Um, if I write this stuff down, it stays written down. It stays out of my head. And other things might come up like, oh, yeah, I got to do this. Oh, but I got to send this email to confirm or I got to do this one quick thing. You know, I do find there's little tasks that come up through this routine that if I spend the time to do them now, it's kind of part of closing loops, but it's also part of just priming myself for the next day. Right. So it's all planning ahead, looking back, looking forward having a good end time and, and going from there. So plan ahead is, is one step. The next step is just having a ritual for this transition. Again, my ritual starts at about four o'clock where I go through these actions, right? Um, the ritual generally continues, particularly for a lot of people that might work in an office environment as they head home. This could be a commute by walking, by train, by car, um, for people that are working from home, I try to make it a ritual when I'm done to go down and then go outside for a quick walk. I, I love my dog, so I'll take my dog for a walk. I just want to get out of the environment, particularly since I work from home. I have a little not. Well, yeah, it's pretty little closet <laughs> office here. It's a little tight space, but it's it's homey and I enjoy it. And it's so easy to just walk out the door and then boom, be in the home life. Kids are there. My wife might be there. It just could transition so quick and I, that doesn't work for me. So I, I will go out for a quick little walk and I make a ritual of that. Make your commute your ritual. Even if you're doing it, we're just going to do it more with intention. I know other people that this is their time to exercise, right? Maybe they're not able to do that in the morning or in the afternoon. So right after work, they go out and exercise that allows them to clear their head and um, 
again, they might still be ruminating about some work stuff, but they're going to do it then and then have that all done by the time they're ready to come home and be home and be present. I've also met others and heard people that just have like a playlist they like to listen to for a couple minutes on their commute. Um, music has a lot of power for this. And um, I've learned to leverage this in my flow periods where, you know, listening to the same music, your brain doesn't have to concentrate it on so on it so much. And you can even leverage that to trigger your brain into doing things. I use the same song every morning when I visualize my perfect 10 day, it just puts me in that state. And I might come across that song in other periods. And I just like zap into like, my perfect 10 day and visualizing it. Um, for flow, I have the same playlist I keep listening to for my flow sessions. It's it's kind of like lo fi music, not a lot of words. And I something happens. I've been doing this for over a year that when I put that playlist on, my brain just wants to go into that concentration. It's a great way to, to kill distraction and you can leverage it as part of a ritual for this transition from work to home. So plan ahead, have a rituals too. Third part of that is uh, set boundaries. So boundary setting seems to make sense, right? And we do that a little bit with our, our work hours and defining that. But this is also about training others how and when you're reachable, right? I've also heard people call this like a service level agreement, like set your service level agreement, which is like, I'm only answering emails between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. You know, I'm not going to answer that email that comes in at 7 p.m. And by setting that intention and not doing it, you are actually training your colleagues and others to, you know, not expect those responses. And I think this is really important in our connected world because we're going to get dings and notifications. Some of us can't turn those off. If you can, please do. <laughs> but I get it. You know, you might get those hits of the email that comes in from work and you're sitting at home trying to be present with the kids like, oh, I should just answer this. It's not really urgent, but if I deal with it now, I don't have to deal with the morning. Let's just do this. And when you reply to others' emails at night, you're just telling them that you're on that you can be accessible. And even if that one is an urgent, they might try to reach you with an urgent email at night. Um, so we want to be mindful and set those boundaries. And in doing so, you actually are training others when you're reachable and when you're not. And I get it, you know, I, I get some pushback on this because some people have jobs like, no, I need to be available or sometimes, right? Sometimes there's emergencies I might work in um, public relations, a story breaks, an incident happens, I've got to deal with that. That's understandable. Maybe that's why you need the notifications on. So in that case, be extra mindful, one, if you're sending emails after work, but two, if you get one, whether that is truly urgent. Um, you can reply to the urgent ones that is part of your job. That's an expectation that at all hours, you might have to put out a statement about something and um, I get that, but I guarantee you not all of those emails that come through are urgent. So don't let them be. Uh, a fourth step to this is to hide the work at home. Okay. And again, this is really important for those that work from home, but others that just, you know, bring your laptop or notebooks or stuff home, be mindful where you put that stuff. Uh, we are creatures of our environment. And if you're seeing that stuff out, you're going to, go and be thinking about that. When my laptop's sitting out at the table, 
in the kitchen table versus up here in my office, I'll have the tendency to almost want to like open that up and, and look at emails or look at things from work. Or sometimes it just triggers me to think about that one thing that I have to do tomorrow. I don't need to be thinking about that then. So let's clean up the environment and prime our environment by doing our best to hide that stuff while we're at home. I'm not saying don't bring it home. You got to bring some of that equipment, the laptop, the phone, no big deal, but maybe keep it in your briefcase, your backpack, whatever, and hide it in the closet. Just don't have it out where you can see it. And that way we're not going to be triggered to even think about that. So <clears throat> plan ahead. One, have a ritual. Two, set boundaries. Three, hide your work at home. Four, the fifth one is to really embrace your downtime. And I recommend everybody do this with self-care, okay? We got to realize how precious it can be to disconnect and to recover from work. And if we can bring intention to that, we're going to find that we're, we're able to really embrace this downtime, especially when we have so many things to accomplish. This is one of the biggest challenges. Like I've got a full plate. I've got a lot going on at work. How do I sit and not feel that anxiety and stress? Well, part of it is remember that to produce your best work, you need to take care of yourself. And sometimes that means you got to stay away from work when you're not in the office. Okay, like evenings, lunch breaks, vacations, do the best you can to take care of yourself, to rest and recharge, to stay healthy. Okay, this is how we have a better work life balance. We have to teach ourselves how to unplug once we get home. And sometimes we might need to again, make a plan. We can't just expect to come home and sit at home and do nothing. Maybe we need to have social engagements. Maybe we need to have exercise or yoga classes. Maybe we need to have books that we really enjoy that are sitting out ready to read. Whatever it is, everybody's different. I get it. But we need to take time for that self-care and prioritize that self-care and realize that in doing so, the level of your production and performance at work is really going to skyrocket because you're being intentional about your recovery. So that's what I have. Five key elements to psychologically detach from work. Embrace your downtime. Hide your work at home. Set boundaries for yourself and for your colleagues. Have a ritual for the transition. Plan ahead. All right. Have a beautiful day. If you guys like this episode, please drop us a rating and review. That is the only way we grow. I'm so grateful to have you tuning in and we'll see everybody again next week.